Well, good morning, Valley. Good morning. Oh, we're there this morning already. Amazing love. How could it be? If you can't get moved by that song, if you understand what Christ did for you, you would have a little bit more enthusiasm this morning. Amen? If you would understand that he who knew no sin became sin for you and I so that we may receive his righteousness and we have access to the Father. That is so exciting. That love, thank Jesus for what he did on the cross for us. Well, Valley, I'm back. Uh, Pastor Mike is out of town. We will uh, continue to be in prayer for him for traveling mercies. Uh, my wife is out of town. Pray for me. My girls are in town. Pray for me. Uh, my youngest is here. Um, pray for me. Because they gang up on me when, when I'm home by myself. Because my wallet will get a little bit lighter. And my wife will say, I left instructions. This is what you were to eat. And we would have eaten out every day of the week. So I covered your prayers. Um, but we're excited about our series, uh, Lessons from Moses, uh, Faithfully Facing Challenges with God's Help. Today we're going to look at helpers. Uh, we're going to look at those people who God's placed around Moses to assist in the job. So before we go, let's go before God, ask his blessings on our time. Father in heaven, we come right now, God, just asking for you to speak. Open up our hearts and our minds to your truth. Help us to see you in all your glory and what you're doing in our lives so that we can work with you and not against you. And so, God, break those walls that uh, we build up that say we don't need any help. Help us to see the helpers that you placed in our life so that we can walk in a manner worthy of our calling. Uh, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my Redeemer in whom I trust. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, it's football season. Anybody understand football season just started? Any Ravens fans? I'll pray for all of you. I am not a Ravens fan, Jim. It's okay. They signed this guy called Lamar Jackson. You remember? It was a big stink. Everybody was like, where's Lamar? Is Lamar going to sign? Is Lamar going to leave? And then all of a sudden, Lamar signed that big old contract and everybody was happy again, right? And then they started sending more helpers. They signed another guy, a wide receiver. They were like, oh man, this is going to be our year. And then you guys got an offensive coordinator. He was like, our offense is going to look great. We're going to win. We're, we're just so excited. How many of you guys excited? Once again, I'll pray for you. Because I don't know that the year is going to be as exciting as you think. But they put together a team. They put together helpers around Lamar because Lamar won the MVP of the league, but they didn't win very many games. They didn't go deep into the playoffs. 
but he won the MVP. Sometimes we need to understand that we need more people than just one person. Lamar was carrying the ball, Lamar was throwing the ball. If Lamar could throw the ball to himself, he would throw the ball to himself. That's how dynamic he was on the field. But what we're going to see today in our lesson uh, from Moses' life, Moses was that one guy that did a lot. Moses was the one that God called to deliver Israel from Egyptian bondage, remember? But before we go there, we have to understand that God's created a covenant with Abram back in Genesis chapter 12. He called Abram to leave his land. He called Abram to leave his family, everything that he knew, and go to a land that I will show you. Those married couples in here. Suppose you came home and told your wife, honey, we're packing up, and we're leaving everything that we know, and we're going to that land. I think a lot of divorce attorneys would start getting phone calls. Says, my spouse has lost his mind because he can't even tell me where we're going. But that's what God called Abram to do. Leave everything that's normal, and I want you to go on a journey. But then he made these promises. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples uh, on the earth will be blessed through you. Understanding God was trying to tell Abram, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. Don't miss that. The principle is God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. God gives us some of the things that we have, not so that we hold on to it with a tight fist, but with an open hand so that we can bless some other people. Other people need to know what God's done in your life. And as we come to our story today, Moses' father-in-law comes in. Don't you love when the in-laws come to the house? Don't laugh that loud. It's interesting how we all act when your in-laws come in. You kind of just sit right up and you act like you've been doing everything right. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, comes in. And what I liked about what Moses did, he gave him testimony to what God was doing in Israel's life. He shared all that God did and how God delivered Israel and how God parted the Red Sea. So much and so, Jethro became a believer of Christ after that meeting. Jethro listened to all that Moses had said. He was already a priest, but he wasn't a priest of the Most High God. Then he worshiped God, and then he went about watching Moses as he went about his day. And Moses, the Bible says, sat from early morning to evening listening to the complaints of the people. How many people would like that job? From sunup to sundown, you're listening to Christians dispute one another about why they're right and why this person's wrong. 
how would you like to judge that day in and day out? With it, wouldn't that become very much? I think my mental would lose. Anybody been to Disney? Have you been in lines at Disney trying to get on a ride? All of a sudden they create these fast paths that's supposed to get you through the line. That line's even longer than a regular line. So all of a sudden you're just in this line. And that's what Jethro's saying. You got the people in this line for too long. You were never intended to do this by yourself. You were to bring somebody along with you. You were to teach people. And that's where we're going to pick up the story today. Because what Moses didn't understand was God had prepared people to come on this journey with him to help lead Israel to where God was trying to take them and that he didn't have to do it by himself. It's amazing when you get that right advisor in your life that can ask you hard questions like, Moses, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's not good for you to sit here by yourself. You're not called to do this by yourself. You'll certainly wear yourself out and these people out because the task is too heavy for you. You can't do it alone. How many people like to work by themselves? I do. Roz, thank you. I like to work by myself. Isn't it easier to work by yourself? You don't have to consider other people's thoughts. I know how I want to do something. But when somebody else interjects something, kind of throws a whole monkey wrench in what you plan to do. So Moses was sitting there saying, yeah, I, I kind of like to do this by myself. But the main point that we're going to explore throughout this lesson is God places people in perfect positions and moments to fulfill a specific job. In other words, God puts people in our life for a reason, a season, and a journey. Don't discount the people that God's put in your life because he's put them there for a purpose. And so we want to look at the heart of a leader. The heart of a leader. Exodus 18 verses 20 through 23, we'll see this. Moses is called to instruct them about the statues and laws and teach them the way to live and what they must do. But you select from all the people, able men, God-fearing, trustworthy, hating dishonest prophet, place them over the peoples as commanders of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Understanding they're starting to set up their judicial system. They're starting to raise up leaders because they're getting ready to become this great nation that God had promised Abram, and now they're starting to put laws in place. You understand that we haven't got to Exodus 20, where we get the Ten Commandments, but God's starting to set up the order, because the Ten Commandments, the first part of the commandments, deal with your vertical relationship, right? The last half of the commandments deal with your horizontal relationships. So God wants you to have your vertical relationship with him right so that your horizontal relationships can flow out of the love of Christ. Amen? So that's what he's trying to teach them. So Moses now has to entrust other people 
with what God has taught him. It's so hard to let go of things. It's so hard to empower people because like sometimes, Roy, you know you're the best man to do it. I know I can do it. But God wants you to bring somebody else along with you so that somebody else can know they can do it. And the workload isn't as hard. You got to understand that God's always working and he's always developing. Look at what the criteria for leaders are. Able men, God-fearing, trustworthy, hating dishonest gain. All of it deals with your integrity. All of it deals with your heart, right? It's a heart issue. If you're going to be a judge and you're going to be impartial, you can't take bribes. You can't be willing to let something else slide because you represent God in that position as judge. And God wants you in your vertical relationship to be honoring just like he would. And part of what I like about what the psalmist says, he says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. At some point, we've got to start loving the Word of God. The Word of God has to be what's fueling us so that our responses to the challenges that come our way would reflect our relationship with the, a God that's sovereign over everything. It's like, have you ever got into that dark moment and you just think you're there by yourself? and you don't think anybody around knows that you're in this dark place and then all of a sudden God sends somebody your way to encourage your heart to let you know that I've already been where you've been I've already met with the God that you know and he's delivered me this way but I can't say he's going to do the same for you but I can tell you God's a deliverer I can tell you God's a healer I can tell you that God cares and you're not there by yourself. A lot of times when we get in those dark places, we want to be alone. We want to get away from people. But God puts people in our place so that we can be encouraged to know that God did it for them. He may not do the same exact thing, but he cared enough for them, God cares for me. And so God places leaders in our life to encourage us to keep on the journey. I like the way Paul put it in Colossians 3, 16 and 17. Uh, it says, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. Just understanding the word has to be in us so when the world or life squeezes us, we can come with the Psalms. We can come with praises. We can come with words of inspiration instead of words of dismay, recognizing that God's always at work and trouble don't last always. Sometimes you get in those dark seasons and you get 
what I call put on your back. Anybody had back surgery? I'm the only one that had back surgery? Thank you. Thank you. Back surgery is not fun. When you have back surgery, you hit pain that you never knew. Well, I, I guess women may know different kind of pain, but pain that a man doesn't know. I could not move. And they gave me these pills called oxycodone to trick my mind. I took that pill for two days. My wife said I was a different person. She couldn't take me out to public. I'm like, what in the world? What did I do? She said, what didn't you do? Who didn't you offend? Who didn't you yell at? I'm like, I didn't think I yelled. She's like, bae, we were at the register, and that poor little girl was really reeling for her life, didn't know what you were going to do. Sometimes God has to sit us down to make us still enough to recognize that he's God and God all alone. It's not the medicine that's going to get you. It's the God that created the medicine. That caused me not to take the oxycodone no more. That caused me just to take muscle relaxers that put me to sleep. But I was still. How many people like to be still and quiet? How many people like turn off the TV, turn off everything, and just be still before the Lord? That's what a leader does to learn to be a God-fearer. God speaks in that still, quiet voice. Say, Miss Shirley, I got you. Say, David, I know the strike is looming, but I got you. Sometimes we just need to get before the Lord and be quiet. Because he knows what you need before you ask. The Bible tells us that. Be still and listen. And see who God's placed in your path to guide you through this. One of my favorite passages is Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. It says, remember what happened long ago. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and no one is like me. I declare the end from the beginning and from long ago what is not yet done, saying my plan will take place and I will do all my will. Understanding what God is telling them. I know the story. I know the beginning, the middle, and the end. I know your life. I know all that's going to happen in your life. And I've already worked some things out. So seek me because I know the story. Seek me because I know how it's going to end. Stop seeking the world for advice. Come to my word and I will give you rest. Come to me and I will teach you. He says, I'm God, and I, I'm the self-existent one. I need no one else to exist. I exist for me. I am a community all by myself. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, 
I am who I am. And what I like, my plan will take place. You can rest in the will of God because his will is perfect. Even though you're going through difficulties, God has a plan. And he's going to achieve that plan. But part of it is you got to be willing to listen to the people that God's put in your life. How many times you know people and you're like, I don't want to listen to him. Am I the only one that says that? People give you advice, you're like, mm, nah, I got a good enough relationship. Me and God, we're tight. I do devotionals. I, I hear them. But sometimes God sends another person your way to share truth with you, right? Sometimes it's a hard truth. How many people take hard truths well without making excuses? Okay, it's okay. We're all in therapy today. Hard truths are hard for a reason because people expose something in your heart. Jethro exposed something in Moses' heart where pride could have been coming in, the reason why he was just doing it by himself. God creates so that we all can be a part of and bless one another. It's not so that we can all do the work and say, look at what I'm doing. That's what's so beautiful about Pastor Mike. Pastor Mike tries to include so many people. That's why I call him Prophet Mike. He's a good prophet that wants to bring us all along on this journey. And Mike will say, I told you, you should have done that a while ago. I got an email from Mike the other day. He said, Barry, I think you should try this. And I'm like, mm, everything I try for you, Mike, it, I end up doing what you say I should try. Had no idea I would be at Towson. Come on, Barry, you should come over here. No, that's not in my plans, Mike. I, I want to go over here. Sometimes God puts people in your life to help you understand where God's working and where he wants you to be. I'm a skeptic by nature. I say, no, Mike. Now I'm starting to say, yes, Lord. Where do you want me? And what do you want me to do? That's what leaders do. They help you see where God's working so that you can work with them. Understanding in the early church in Acts chapter 6, they were having a problem with the distribution of food. Look at what their answers. It says, brothers and sisters, select from among you seven men with good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom, with whom we can appoint to this duty, duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Uh, the leaders of the church started looking for people of good reputation. You know how you have a good reputation? Be full of the spirit. Let the spirit control your responses. Let God have his way in your life. And wisdom is, a, is actually applying the knowledge that you already have from the Word of God. So look for people who are living out what they tell other people to do. And you know how you do that? Go on a mission trip with folk. You find out a lot about people on a mission trip. 
you follow you find out who's ruling who who's on the throne of that heart it's easy to say amen in the church you go on a missions field the enemy's waiting for you he got traps everywhere there's all kind of things that I don't like sleeping outside we talked about grumbling and complaining I went to Africa and I slept outside I slept in a hut yeah yeah I, and I'm like really God this is what we're going to do you're going to send me to Africa to be a missionary you know I don't like the outdoors you know I don't like bugs guess what I was sleeping with bugs in the outdoor guess who kept me through that God guess who gave me peace you know you know the best prayer I had my prayer time was at night God keep these spiders off me keep these bugs off me put a hedge of protection around this tent I'm six foot five I'm a black guy I don't like camping God wired me that way but he sent me camping but I came back to tell you camping's not so bad but can I tell you my heart was shaped and molded on that trip because I see God do some amazing things on that trip and so it was no longer about the camping experience but it was more about the experience that I was having with the living God of the Bible too many times we continue to sit in the pews and don't want to be stretched it doesn't feel good but it's good for you God shows you what's going on in your heart when he puts you in a difficult situation and God was trying to show Moses I placed you here but I also placed other leaders around you to help lighten the load I wonder what kind of leaders God has placed here at Valley to help lighten the load so many of you guys have been carrying so much for so long now that there's more of us how many people I guess would be willing to step to that challenge say here I am send me because the hard part about being a leader you get all the emails you get all the criticism you get all the other voices but can I tell you there's only one voice that you absolutely have to be intentional about hearing that's the voice of God and you know how you hear his voice spend time in his word he'll speak loudly to you he'll rebuke you he'll chastise you but he also encourage you and build you up but also I want you to see the heart of a giver Israel was getting ready to build a sanctuary or a tabernacle for God to dwell with them Exodus 35 Moses tells them says then Moses said to the entire Israelite community this is what the Lord has commanded take up an offering among you for the Lord let everyone whose heart is willing bring this as the Lord's offering gold and silver and bronze stops right there God was asking them to give up a free will offering this offering was outside of their normal 
uh, tithes that they were giving. This offering was just strictly as God moved it in your heart that you were to bring an offering. You know what I found about offering and tithes? Most people don't pre-plan. People look and see what's left in the bank account and say, that's what I'll bring. God says to this whole community, take up an offering. God said, okay, I know what I blessed each one of you with. I know what I allowed you to walk out of Egypt with. Remember, they walked out with all kind of gold, silver, and everything. God said, I remember. Now I want to see how much you love me and how much you love stuff. So let's take up a free will offering. You know, people get a little quiet when you start talking about offerings. There ain't too many amens in the offering section. But it's okay. He's asking them to do something out of the abundance of goodness towards them. Look at what it says in Exodus 35, 21 through 22. It says, everyone whose heart was moved and whose spirit prompted him came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meetings, for all its services and for the holy gar garments. Both men and women came. All who had willing hearts brought brooches, earrings, rings, necklaces, and all kinds of jewelry. Everyone who presented a presentation offering of gold to the Lord. I want you to see their hearts were moved. They gave from their hearts. They didn't give out of compulsion. They didn't give out of uh, watching what other people were giving. They gave out of what God placed on their heart to give. And the Spirit prompted them to be generous. God has been so generous to each one of us. So many times we don't think about that when it's time to give. Israel gives us an example of what it looks like to give God a free will offering. Exodus 35, 29 says, So the Israelites brought a free will offering to the Lord. All the men and women whose hearts prompted them to bring things for all the work the Lord through Moses had commanded to be done. They had more than enough supplies to build what they were trying to build. They responded to God's call to be a giver. God gives gifts to the church. And one of those gifts that he gives to the church, people are givers. There are some people that just give above and beyond of their time, talent, and treasures. It's just not money. Not everybody has all to give financially, but we have all our time. It's been great to see God raise up new leaders here, new Bible teachers here. It's been a blessing to see from the time I got here and seeing all the people answer the call to do for Christ. But now the call is to give a free will offering. I like the way Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 8. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion. 
since God loves a cheerful giver. Understanding God loves a cheerful giver. God doesn't want us coming to church and be like, oh, I got to give to that church again. First, first point, you don't give to Valley. You give to God. We are stewards here of what God has given us. So don't ever look at your giving as you're giving to Pastor Mike. You're not giving to Pastor Mike. You're not giving to Pastor Barry. You're giving to God. And as stewards, as a body, our job is to manage what God has given us here. And I think we've been doing a pretty good job. This building is phenomenal. Do you know how many activities happen out of this building now? It's good to see what God is using this building for. It started with volleyball. Let me back up. Started with ACTC, the food distribution. We're bringing up the food. That was the first major outreach. Then it became volleyball. Then it became pickleball. Now we're getting ready to add basketball. God is doing some amazing things with this building that most people didn't even think. So your giving allows us to reach more people. So don't ever stop giving and don't ever stop thinking that you can outgive God. Because you can't outgive God. Because God gave us his best. He gave us his son. So you've already got the best out of God. But look at what it says, Paul says. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. You see that so that clause, that purpose clause? God says, you're giving to me is not going to take away from what he has for you to do. You're still going to have everything you need. I think that says need. Doesn't say everything you want. It says everything you need. A lot of times we have our wants are greater than our needs. God said he will meet all our needs according to his riches in heaven. And lastly, I want us to look at the heart of a builder. They're getting ready to build this massive structure. They called them to give financially, understanding their hearts prompted them to give. Now they need some workers to actually build. Moses said to the Israelites, look, the Lord has appointed by name Belziel, son of Uriah, son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah. He has filled him with God's spirit with wisdom, understanding, ability in every kind of craft to design artistic works in gold, silver, and bronze. Understanding God already knew what he wired him to do. God already knew that he was going to be in Israelite's journey, and God said to Moses, I already got a guy for you. Go over and talk to him. And by the way, look at his job, uh, uh, his resume. He's filled with God's spirit, with wisdom, understanding, and the ability to do the work. Okay, 
Let's stop right there. Ability to do the work. I am not a worship leader, Roy. I admit, I know my, I know my weaknesses. If I stand up here and sing, most of you will start walking that way. Now, if Roy stands up here and sing, you start joining in. If, if Christine starts singing, you start joining in. If Josh starts singing, you start joining in. I have to know my gifts and talents, right? And it's okay for you to tell me, Barry, just, just mumble the words. It's okay. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, and I do make a joyful noise. But I have to know my gifting, just like you have to know your gifting. Has God gifted you in administration? Has God gifted you in teaching? Has God gifted you in the gift of helps? You like to help people. What has God gifted you in? Understanding God's put certain people here so that all our gifts can be used so that the body of God can be built up and can grow. I don't want you to think that you're just here for nothing. God has purpose for everybody that comes. And God's gifted everybody with a gift if you're in the body of Christ. You've got at least one ministry gift and one... Uh, the question that I have is, what are you doing with your gifts? Are you like the builder who was willing? Or are you sitting there waiting for somebody to ask? How many people like to be asked? I ain't got no volunteers today. How many people like to volunteer? I'm not going to ask you to do nothing. I know, Shirley. She, she couldn't wait to put her hand up. There's a lot of people that want to be asked, but sometimes you need to share with us what God has done in your life and how God is working in your life, the more we get to know one another, the better we'll be able to work together. Everybody has a story. What's your story? What has God done in your life? How has God moved you? So much and so, how can that be benefit his kingdom here? Everybody has a story. How many times have you stopped to listen to somebody's story? I find people tell me the story when I have the least amount of time. Does that happen to you? My mind's racing about what's happening on 695, and if I don't get out of here in this amount of time, I'm going to be stuck in traffic. God's convicted me about stopping and listening. If you read the Gospels, Jesus never hurried. He always made time for people. Do you have a heart of a servant that's willing to take time for people, that's willing to listen to people? The builder had understood all that he had and all that God had placed in him. Exodus 36, 2 says, Every skilled person in whose heart the Lord had placed wisdom, all whose heart moved them to come to the work 
and do it. I want you to understand that God already prompts people's hearts. He's already working in people's lives to get them where he wants them to go. The question for us now, are you willing to say yes to God? Are you willing to say, God, here I am, use me? Can I tell you when God uses you, it's going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to cause you to feel some type of way. But the blessing on the other side is greater than that pain you may feel that no one can hear your story. Remember what I said. God blesses us to be a blessing to others. Valley, as we move forward and as God brings more people, we need more leaders to be willing to say, here I am, God use me. We need more servants. I can tell you one area we need immediately, coffee drinkers. We need some people to make more coffee. Am I right, Rachel? <laughs> See, Rachel's like, yeah, we need more coffee makers. See, it's not, it's not a lot. Anybody love kids? Okay, okay, no lovers of kids. That's why no kids here. Kids are coming. We need to start preparing now for the kids that will be here. We can't wait till they all come. We've got to start training now, believing God and responding. Part of what happens is we're too reactive. We wait till everybody comes through the door. Oh my God, what are we going to do? Now is the time to ask. Now is the time to be preparing. Now is the time to say, Pastor Mike, Pastor Barry, I want to be used by God. I want to be used by God in children, in youth, in the outreaches. If God is challenging your heart that way, talk to us. Because I believe this church will have no more empty seats this time next year. I believe God's going to do an amazing work. But we need everybody, not just a few. Father in heaven, I pray. God, this challenging message about raising up leaders and understanding the gifts that you placed in our lives. God, help us to work with you as you build your church. God, help us to serve faithfully. Help us to give joyfully. And help us to work together in bonds of love that build your kingdom and not our own. And so, Father, I pray for that one who may be struggling with what they should be doing or who may be struggling with, are you really real? God, I pray that they would see Christ and the sacrifice that he made on the cross, that they could have new life today 
and start that journey of service today. Or maybe there's somebody that may want to join this fellowship. God, whatever it is that you're talking and speaking in our hearts today, help us to respond in a manner that brings your name glory. We ask you all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.